0: Hey, Orthopreneurs, it's Dr. Glenn Krieger here, and let me tell you, the Orthopreneurs 2024 Summit, which is going to be on a Royal Caribbean ship, has taken off. I don't mean literally, but we actually booked an entire ship just for us. We started selling it already, and believe it or not, it's selling out fast. People want to come by themselves, people want to bring their team, people want to bring their families. Remember, there's a kids' club there, and there's also an adult-only pool, so you can watch the presentations streaming throughout the whole ship. Imagine Sitting in the pool with a drink in your hand, watching someone speak on tips and tricks to help your practice get better while you're sitting knee deep in a pool with a drink in your hand. Sounds pretty cool, right? Well, you've come to know the kind of meetings we put together, and this one's going to be even more exceptional and even more affordable. Go to OPSummit2024.com to sign up now. Several months ago, the social media community of the orthodontic world was abuzz about an announcement that the Shulman Group had become a DSO. I was certainly curious, as were many of the people in our groups. So I reached out to Shulman Management, LLC, and I was able to get some great people to sit with us and talk a little bit about what are the changes, what do they mean, and how do they impact the broader orthodontic profession. So sit back, relax, hop on the treadmill, or grab a drink. But whatever you do, don't miss my time. With Dr. Bob Ray and Mr. Chris Brannis from Schulman. This, this this, is the Orthopreneur Show with Glenn Krieger, talking about the things you never learned in school, like marketing, management, and leadership. Hey there, everybody. It is Dr. Glenn Krieger here with another episode of the Orthopreneur's Podcast. Now, today I have two special guests and uh, who I'll introduce you to in just a second. Um... Well, I'll introduce you to them now. One is Chris Ranis. Chris is the executive director of uh, Shulman Management LLC, which is technically SSG Management LLC, but you know it as Shulman Management. So hello there, Chris. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you for being here. And the second, uh, you also know, is Dr. uh, Robert Bray, uh, who's president and CEO of the Shulman Management LLC. So welcome, Bob.
2: Thank you so much. My pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I've, to those of you out there who are listening right now, uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, have a, an, a little bit of a phone conversation with these two gentlemen uh, beforehand. And so I've gotten to know them a bit. And they're gentlemen of the highest order, uh, really, really um, educated, smart, and uh, with a lot of experience in areas that we, frankly, as orthodontists, often don't have. And the reason I wanted to have them on. Uh, is predominantly because there was an announcement not too long ago that all of us out there in the orthopreneurs' world heard, which was that what we used to know as, quote-unquote, the Shulman group was now a DSO. And I know there was a fair amount of conversation about that. And anybody who knows me knows I like to separate the wheat from the chaff. I don't like rumors. I don't like hearsay. I like to go to the source and see if we can ask some good questions to learn more about the history, uh, what caused them to go this route, the benefits. And, uh, and at the end, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, if people are interested in becoming a member, you know, how do they become a member, if that's okay with you, gentlemen. Absolutely. Fantastic. So let's start a little bit, if you don't mind, um, Chris or Bob, I don't know who wants to go first, uh, but if you can just talk a little bit about who you are and your history, uh, and then we can get in a little bit more into Shulman Management, if that's Okay.
1: Dr. Bray, do you want to take that one? No, you can go ahead, Chris. Well, the history of the Shulman Shulman Group uh, was founded, oh, about 35 years ago. And Bud Shulman was one of the founders. Uh, McGill Consultants were part of the group. And uh, Dr. Rod Redman was one of the founders as well. And it was a group that came together to really look at the business side of running into orthodontic practices, we all know you don't necessarily learn the business aspects in, in your residency. So they came together and had this concept of bringing in um, orthodontists that had uh, really solid practices uh, geographically based and to come together to share clinical ideas, to share business ideas. And so the group's been around for uh, about 35 years and nice. then with the changing of the of what's going on in the profession, with the advent of, of all kinds of DSOs and group practices and uh, blurring line of specialties, the group under the leadership of, of Dr. Bray um, came together in April of 2018 to form as a uh, DSO or what's considered an inside DSO uh, for the purposes of being able to better compete and, and to also formalized some of the concepts that they had pioneered with bringing together clinical and, and business knowledge. And uh, I came on board in December of 2018 as their first uh, full-time staff person, and we've been building a team as we've been growing and developing as a DSO.
0: Nice. Nice. Um, did you want to add anything to that, Bob, in terms of the shoulder, well, uh, Have you both sort yeah. of your backgrounds?
2: Sure. Yeah, i would tell you a little bit about um, – Bud Shulman, he actually was an accountant and also a a businessman. It was back in the the mid to late 70s. He actually was running a corporation for a group of orthodontists, a lab corporation called Dental Corporation of America, DCA, out of Washington area, DC area. And he began to put together uh, a group of orthodontists that truly wanted to look very in a deep way, I would say about the business of orthodontics. And that was unusual, particularly at that time. Um, at the same time, he really, I think had a real love, uh, Glenn for orthodontic and orthodontist. So it was really sort of nice. He really took the people on almost like his quote unquote children and tried to school them or make them better. And, nice. uh, you know, did a wonderful job with it. Uh, when he began to, uh, Slow up, so to speak. Um, John McGill got involved. Uh, Also, then uh, from there, Ron Redmond took over and and really uh, led the organization for a good number of years. And uh, they all were just very dedicated to orthodontics. And so it was really nice when you look back on that group and how they all cared about just doing things better and at the same time uh, trying to also do the business part better. I mean, you know, there would be comments made by Bud, you know, like, why are you spending so much in this area? And so people would be sort of called out, but yet at the same time, it was in a very caring way, Glenn, that you felt you, felt you were being nurtured along and, and helped uh, as you go.
0: Nice. I've heard great things about him. And, yeah,
2: uh, really remarkable man.
0: And of course, I, I've become friends with Ron Redmond over the last couple of years, and uh, a more principled, better business mind in orthodontics you'll be challenged to find.
2: I would absolutely agree. Uh, really? He's a dear friend, and uh, we've been together a long time in, in different study groups, and uh, uh, Ron's a real prince, for sure.
0: And I, and I would say, I just want to throw this out there, because oftentimes during these interviews, a topic comes up, and it's nice to take a little sort of side trip for a moment. You know, um, Ron Redmond is arguably one of the the top of my list. If I could go get a cup of coffee and sit with somebody for three hours. And, um, as hard as it would be to believe for people out there, for me to keep my mouth shut and just sit there and listen to the wisdom that's coming down from him. Um, I hope that for those of you out there who are listening old and young new in practice or been around forever, if you ever get a chance to spend some time with Ron Redmond, do it. Sorry, Ron, if I just booked your your dance calendar up a bit, but if you know him and meet him and talk to him, he has a true wealth of information, a true gentleman in our field and remarkable forward thinker in terms of his ability to see technology um, ahead of its time. And, you know, oftentimes we tend to cast aside and I'd love, you know, if you guys agree with this, we often as when we're young, we see folks with a lot of experience and we we tend to discount it. Oh, he's out of touch with the times or he doesn't you know, realize what's going on today. And we tend to you know, discount the 80-year-olds who's got some great stories or the 90-year-old who's got some great stories. But it, in essence, those are the people we should really be listening to. And um, I'm just glad you brought us a name up because he's one of my favorite people on the planet. So, Ron, thank Gosh,
2: you. Yeah, yeah. I, I would absolutely agree with you. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned about the technology. Uh, we had a group of orthodontists, uh, about eight or nine uh, of us back in the... Uh, Uh, Late 70s, early 80s, actually, they got together. And uh, at one point, we were meeting in Atlantic City, where I'm from. And a dear friend of mine, Bob Fry, and Bob Smith, and a numbers were together. And we were looking at bringing uh, Ron into the group. And I can remember uh, Bob Fry really interrogating him and saying, so what's the advantage of this system that you're talking about? And he was talking about ortho track and figuring out how the assistance Are seeing X number of patients a day and what they were doing, et cetera. And Ron was always coming up um, with various uh, ideas and suggestions for all of us, uh, even though the group was very small. But at the same time, uh, he was sharing then, uh, back that a lot of years ago, uh, Glenn, just the idea of uh, how to use computers (laughs) and bring them into the practice. So, yeah, you're absolutely right.
0: Oh, yeah. And the craziest part is I (laughs) I had a conversation with him not too long ago, probably within the last four to six months. Um, I was on a panel with him, actually, at AAO. There was a side panel off-site. And, um, you know, you'll often say, wow, that person, whoever it may be, is really up-to-date with technology, um, you know, for their age. I will say this out there about Ron Redmond: That man knows more about technology than 90% of the people who are 30 years old today. He knows what's coming down the pipeline. He's prescient. He understands it. It's remarkable to me. I don't know how he does it, frankly, honestly.
2: Yeah, he loves it. He just, uh, he really always has had a real bent that way, in my opinion, Glenn, and just yeah. uh, always shared it very nicely too. He, you know, that's what he's so great about.
0: Well, nice. Well, I've got we a minute here for the, for the mutual admiration society for, for Ron yeah. Redman, because he's truly a gift to our profession. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, that's the essence of what Bud Shulman was starting with is taking together people who had such diverse, different backgrounds, perhaps, and bringing them together in a way that, we could all benefit from each other's knowledge and experience, right correct, yep, and
2: particularly all across the country, so that added a lot, Glenn, in the sense that you could hear what was happening in New York at the same time, what was happening in California and then in between so yes
0: yeah and and that's still if unless i 'm mistaken, even with the dSO change that's still a large component of the showman group of doctors, correct
2: without a question that is that is the component I mean they are. In my opinion, the, the one of the nicest group of givers, uh, not only to individuals within the group, but just overall in their communities. And so they're very special that way, very kind, very generous, and at the same time, uh, really dedicated to orthodontics, meaning they really want to do the very best job they can and do it very efficiently.
0: Beautiful. And so I want to take just a second now to explain to everybody listening I have no affiliation with the Shulman group. Um, I have no financial interest with the, with the Shulman group right now. Um, I just, uh, I love what they stand for. I do those people out there who know I have a private group called the orthopreneurs RD group, which has no affiliation of any kind with Shulman management. Correct? Correct. I just want to be clear about that, that I have no financial interest here. Um, And, and I'm, having run or being part of a group that's a private, uh, geographically exclusive group, which is what, how the Shulman Group started originally. Um, I understand what goes into it and how hard it is and why uh, the mission of what you're doing is so wonderful, because we all can learn so much from each other. But if we can real quickly, and if you don't mind, I asked it earlier and I think we skipped over it real quick. Chris and Bob, I'm going to start with you, Chris. Can you give us a little bit of background of who you are? and how you ended up where you are with Shulman.
1: Sure. Uh, I was the executive director for the American Association of Orthodontists for 17 years, uh, beginning in in, 2000 and ending in 2017. So I've had the opportunity to really see not only the changes in the dental space and in orthodontics specifically, but the rapid changes that have happened over the last five or six years. Uh, when I went left the the AAO, um, I became the executive director for the Association of Dental Support Organizations, uh, which, as you know, is the, is the fastest segment or growing segment in dentistry. And the ADSO represents not only the Heartlands and the specific dentals, but also emerging DSOs. Um, that are, are looking to get into the space. You know, the old adage is, once you've seen one DSO, you've only seen one DSO. They truly are very different models. So I spent some time with them and then the opportunity uh, to get back to my orthodontic groups and work with Dr. Bray and others in this, uh, not a new organization, but a new direction of an organization to help get on the ground floor to build this group, particularly something as unique as the model that we have. It was very enticing, and uh, I'm very happy.
0: Nice. And and I'm going to come back to you in a little bit when I have some questions about the DSO itself. But, um, mm-hmm. Bob, did you want to give us a little bit of background? I mean, I know about your background. I've done my research, but, I mean, many people in Northam know who you are. But if you wouldn't mind just telling us a little bit about your background and, and how you came to where you are now.
2: Sure. Uh, well, I uh, practice in the Atlantic City area. So I'm in uh, what they call South Jersey and uh, by the ocean and we have a a group of practices there Um, I had an original partner of Greg Fund who uh, retired back in 2012 and fortunately a young man who believe it or not started working for us in high school in grade school even uh, eighth grade but uh, uh, now uh, Dr. Bob Tarby is actually a partner in the practice as well so um, it's it's a nice group. Uh, we have a couple of associates that are really, uh, very special for us to Glenn. And, um, the practices is an enjoyable one. We have individual offices up and down our coast, so to speak about six, seven places. And, uh, we enjoy it very much. And as far as orthodontics for me, um, uh, I went to school up at Eastman. So I was trained by people like, uh, Dan Subtelny and, uh, yeah. Bob Baker. In fact, uh, Bob Tarby also went up there for his training. And so uh, that whole group up there meant an awful lot to me, Glenn. They, they really uh, helped many of us learn how to think and uh, learn so much about the history of orthodontics in a very, very nice way. And from there, um, like I said, I came down to South Jersey and, and began to practice. I have been involved with the AAO in the sense that I've been president of the AAO, also uh, president of the AAO Foundation. And my experience with uh, uh, Ron, who we talked about earlier, goes way back to uh, this group that I mentioned, the OPO group, that uh, group of about nine of us that got together for, gosh, over 25 years um, on a routine basis and just had a lot of fun, uh, in essence, talking about uh, orthodontics and things that could be done better. And so I appreciated you mentioning about Ron because it really has been a a real nice time over the years to just watch, uh, the families grow of all of us, but also just watch the development in our field. So Beautiful. for me, um, Ron then came to me and said, if, um, I was interested in maybe being involved in, in running the Schulman group, uh, he was beginning to, uh, consider, uh, slowing up. And so, uh, I moved in that direction and, uh, it's really, uh, again, been really nice. It's funny, uh, Glenn, you'd appreciate because you mentioned about sitting down and chatting with Ron. Ron said, well, geez, Bob, you know, it'll probably take you a couple hours a week. And, uh, my wife would laugh now, but I mean, we probably, uh, spend quite a few hours every day, <laughs> uh, with the group. And, and you're correct, as you mentioned about forming groups and doing things. It, there is a lot of, uh, effort that goes, uh, into each day to try to make the group better. But again, we've been very blessed, as I mentioned, with the Shulman Group members. They're a wonderful group of givers. So many of them are involved in the numerous committees we have and are very you know, active. And so it's made the actual Shulman uh, workload, so to speak, really spread out over a lot of people. We have a wonderful board of directors and so all pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I, and you know, there's so many things in what you just said and the nod to Dr. Subtelny, you know, great guy, a great man. I had a chance to meet him when I interviewed at Eastman um, and certainly missed in our industry and some of the most forward thinking orthodontists I know went to Eastman. So you're in good company there. Um, yeah. and, um, yeah, it just, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch the groups that are out there and how things have grown and, 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 um, and what's happened. And the people I've known in the Shulman Group when it was called Shulman Group and the doctors I know who are still part of the Shulman management, the ones I know of are some of the best people and most giving people you'll ever meet. And so I, I couldn't have a negative word to say about it if I wanted to. So keep up the good work from that end. Um, let's jump into the DSO part of this, if it's OK. Um, so, Chris, if you want to start, perhaps, and you want to tell us a little bit about um you mentioned earlier about the DSO type that you are. You said that it's an inside DSO. Um, can you talk a little bit about, for those of us out there, let's assume that the overwhelming majority of us know about a DSO, meaning a bunch of practices joined together. Um, you know, our, our, A venture capitalist came and bought 30 practices, and they're opening up new ones and acquiring practices everywhere. And that's the only DSO I know, and it has... General dentists and orthodontists and periodontists, and and that might be the DSO that I'm most familiar with. Can you talk to us a little bit about what is a DSO in general, and and um, we'll get to why later on. But what is it, and what makes Showman Management LLC a little different in, as an inside DSO, if you don't mind?
1: Sure. Well, DSOs typically. Uh, And again, there's no single model. They're all all very different. But a typical DSO, you have a doctor that has a practice, he or she buys five, 10, 20 practices. And then they come up with with uh, centralized features, non-clinical features where they have centralized human resources, centralized purchasing and this type of thing. And then at some point in time, private equity comes in and drives a lot of what's going on within that within that DSO. The difference with, the, with Shulman is that we're called an inside DSO where each of the – we started out with 115 uh, members. Each member is an independent and equal shareholder in the Shulman DSO. So they're not driven by anything that's corporate, so to speak. They still run their practices independently, but they have the advantage of being able to have benefits of a DSO with centralized purchasing – You know, centralized purchasing and also being able to network clinically and others with the other doctors in in the DSO. Where we're moving to the future is if you imagine that you have Schulman up here at the top, and on the left are the 115 founding members, and in the right circle is the DSO itself. We're in the process of actually purchasing practices that will be Schulman practices. Um, and bringing in, we've already hired a director of operations. It'll be bringing in some of those centralized resources so that we will mirror what what a typical DSO is, but you still have the independence of the original founding members.
0: Nice, nice. So in understanding it in broader terms, the DSO is not, if you're a Shulman uh, member, uh, it doesn't mean that all of you are told you have to run your practices a certain way. Here are the brackets you must use. Here's the percentage of Invisalign you have to do. Because the the growth of my practice, relatively speaking, doesn't play a role in your financial stability, correct, Chris? That That is correct. So anybody who's a member of it can run their practice pretty much any way they like. It's the formation of the newly acquired or purchased practices into which all members are partners.
1: That is correct, and those newly acquired practices will be set up with certain you know the same practice management systems, the same preferred suppliers for brackets aligners, et cetera, so they will operate more in that vein however the we're encouraging the independent members to move towards the preferred supplier agreements that we have, which just makes us stronger with better purchasing power down the road,
0: yeah, no I mean. Makes- so again, there's no forcing of somebody who says, A, hey, I'm using practice management program X, and the preferred vendor is program Y. Nobody's being forced out of X into Y. They're just being told, look, if more people switch over, it makes us stronger, you get a better deal, and uh, long-term uh, congruency is not a bad thing.
1: Well, yeah, but it actually takes on a, another another feature is that the preferred suppliers that we're working with are, Seeing us as a DSO with the potential for growth. So they're coming in with uh, agreements and pricing and services that are better than what somebody can get individually or through some other group. But also, the ones that we're choosing to work with are the state of the art, the most progressive. uh, You know, if it's a practice management system, it's a cloud based system, you know, these types of things. So we're not just uh, going out and looking at where we can get the best quote-unquote deals, but we're looking at the future and where the companies that we're affiliating with uh, in practice management and, and, and clinical services and brackets and cyber liability, whatever it happens to be. These are the companies that we are proudly want to be affiliated with because we know that they're going to be the, of the most benefit to our members and our shareholders.
0: Got it. Makes perfect sense. Was there... When, when you went through the process of converting from the Shulman group to Schulman management, um, and by the way, when did that change officially occur so that we can be clear for everybody out there?
1: That was April of 2018. Got
0: it. Was there any resistance? Was it ever a question or was it sort of along the lines that everybody in this, in this very progressive forward thinking group kind of felt, Hey, you know what? We know what the future is and the future is, maybe moving away from the private practice single model because we're seeing it happen around us. You know, we're all on board. Or or was there a broad discussion on it saying, hey, you know, not everybody's on board, but both sides have been heard and this makes a lot of sense and it seems like the right way to go.
1: Uh, Dr. Bray, I think that's probably uh, one that you might want to take.
2: Sure. Uh, Well, Glenn, what happened was is as uh, the discussion went on and in that beginning, just so you know, uh, Ron and the board were really, pretty far ahead of the curve, so to speak, talking about what things we should be aware of as far as the fast changes that were coming to orthodontics and certainly the disruptions as many of us talk about now. So at that time, they had, I think, a good consensus from the membership that the membership agreed that there was a lot of changes going on and they thought it would be better to have more structure. But gosh, there definitely was, Glenn, some Um, difficulties with certain uh, members. For example, we had a group uh, from Canada, a number of members, and it ended up that it was really very difficult for us to accept them into the actual agreements that we were signing uh, because Canada and its different rules and different situation uh, made it, quote unquote, a little bit more difficult. So unfortunately, we did have Some loss of some really excellent uh, individual members just because of the way we were structuring things and putting it together. There also were some individuals that were getting ready, Glenn, if you can picture, to retire and just didn't want to move to another quote unquote uh, structure. Right. But for the most part, um, when you think about it now, uh, the total number of doctors, like when you consider a practice like mine that has two, we probably have a total number of, of clinical people like that, 144, 145 individuals. So the retention has been very good. And recently we began accepting additional members. And again, we've had some wonderful um, success. We have a actual new member committee and they've done just a wonderful job and And they're bringing on board other individuals that really throughout the country um, really I think fit into a good category of being very given and very caring about the field that we're all in and uh, looking forward to developing it even further. So um, that's sort of how it has worked out, but there was some loss and there also obviously since it's set up also has been some uh, really nice gains as well.
0: Nice. Yeah. And you know, every new change offers something different, right? Some good, Mm -hmm. some challenging, but in the end, Um, again, there's some very bright people in that group. Certainly two of them are with me right now. And, uh, I know, you know what you're doing. And so I want to come back to membership in just a moment or two, but before that, if we can touch on the concept of, of why, why go this route, right? I I understand forward thinking. Was it, what was the driving force behind, you know, Hey, we've got a great group of people coming together, sharing ideas on our message boards really helping each other grow their practices and become contemporary, forward-thinking, growth-centered, management-centered, overhead-centered practices. Now we need to go when we really need to take the next step into buying practices and becoming what I would almost say is a DSO for orthodontists by orthodontists, so to speak, right? Um, Very well put. What, instead of venture capital or other money coming in, and I'm neither endorsing or, or saying it's bad, I'm just saying that's what it is. It's a DSO for orthodontist bioorthodontist. What made you take that giant leap and go from we got a safe spot here with just a group of people who are helping each other grow and we're all doing well to we're going to start getting involved in the investment side of this and buying and and borrowing and, and building. And, you know, what what caused that leap? Because that's a pretty considerable step to take. Hello, other entrepreneurs. Sign up for the Orthopreneurs 24 Summit now. We took over an entire ship just for us. And here's the thing. It's selling out so fast right now that the room types are selling out. So if there's a particular type of cabin you want, you better get on to opsummit2024.com right now and sign up. And why are people signing up? Because of three reasons. Number one, it's a boat, which means you can bring your team, your family. Yes, there's a kids club. And yes, there's an adults only pool. Number two, The lineup I have is going to be spectacular. These are not people you're going to see on any other stage anywhere. I dug deep to find the best, to help you live your best, most profitable, most productive, personal, and practice lives. And they're going to blow you away. And number three, the type of cabin you want is limited. This is not a hotel where most of the rooms are the same. If you want one with a balcony, they're selling out. You want an inside room to save money, they're selling out. So go to OPSummit2024.com right now, sign up for a cruise September 18th to 22nd, and you will have the best CE time of your life. And now back to the podcast.
2: Well, I think we were very fortunate, Glenn, to have a number of people on the board. And as I mentioned, uh, when Ron and the board began to look at these things, I think they realized that orthodontics was changing quickly, as was the whole uh, dental profession, those practices that were of significant size or good structure were being looked at. And some, in fact, uh, that were even members of Schulman were beginning to think about maybe going and selling, quote unquote, to a particular um, DSO or to a particular group of people. And so there were enough people, uh, certainly at the board level, That thought it would be worthwhile to begin to look into a structure that might allow a little bit more protection, if you will, and a little bit more formal uh, of our group so that as we moved ahead, we would be able to be a structure that had a little bit more strength because the the members would be bound together uh, in a better way, if you will. And so that's what really began to uh, have us bring in people to talk to the group about what is out there. Uh, We did look at private equity. We did look at a lot of different areas. And again, at the end for us, Glenn, we decided not to move in certain directions, but to move in other directions instead. And I think as a whole, the group feels good about the direction we're going at this point. And yet I think we're flexible enough or adaptable enough to be able to change direction or the way we're going if in fact uh, something else Comes along that might be uh, something that we have to adjust to, so to speak. But there definitely were different opinions as we went along, and it was good that everybody just shared them and uh, listened to the different speakers and then came to the conclusion as we moved ahead uh, together, which is really important because we wanted to make sure we could go, Glenn, if you would uh, sort of go far. And we thought, sure, if you wanted to go real fast, you could go individually, but if you wanted to really go far, it would be. A lot better if you uh, did it as a group, and I think nice. that's what's happened for us.
0: Yeah, and you know it, it's a it's a bold move, and in some ways, you know, I based upon the way you've designed it as an inside DSO, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong here. It, it's really a great hedge, for lack of a better description, because no single doctor in their practice is being is 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 is. is dependent on any other single practice to grow, right? I can continue doing my, my quote-unquote mom-and-pop shop if I have one or two practices and continue to grow it and do my thing and hit my numbers. But at the end of the day, if, if the way of the world is that I'm going to go the way of the dodo bird, right, and the single mom-and-pop practice is going to disappear, I have the broader DSO to kind of protect me. Do I not? That's sort of, it's, it's, it's almost the perfect definition of a hedge.
1: Yeah, I, I would yeah. say that that's 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 very well put because you're you're still running your own shop, but you're not limited to what you can do. But you also have the support of all of these other uh, shareholders in the DSO as as you continue to grow. So you're able to compete uh, with with the, the things that you need to run and operate your practice and treat your patients.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. So I wanna I wanna throw up membership a little bit because. You, you talked about one end of it, which is new members coming on board. I, I want to, if it's okay with you, talk to it from both perspectives. So first I'll say you mentioned acquiring practices. So whether, um, you know, if, if I'm a, a retiring doc or I'm thinking of selling my practice, why why do I want to sell to the Shulman Management LLC versus any one of the number of other DSOs that might be knocking on my door that's out there and I grant granted i understand i'm selling to a group of orthodontists as opposed to a group of venture capitalists but how what is the vision of how you will be able to compete with those companies to sort of earn my pra- to win my practice if you will
1: well i i think you hit the nail on the head when you said that we are formed by orthodontists and there's there's still a lot of orthodontists out there that are either in mid practice or towards late practice careers that want to maintain what they consider the the integrity of their independent practice and selling to shulman uh and when we bring on a practice yes we have a director of operations yes we have preferred supplier agreements but these doctors are going to stay on for a certain period of time to still operate those practices um as before they they move out so they they're in their own minds. What they've built will continue to maintain the the way that they had built that practice, so formed by orthodontists. I think one of, is one of our best um, selling points uh, that we have out there, and and the fact that it's it's still owned and operated by independent orthodontists.
0: Right. So, do you go out and look for practices actively, or do you? prefer that people come and reach out to you and the follow-up to that is if you do and I want to sell my practice or I think I'm ready to retire um, the the follow-up on that will be a how do I know that if I'm a good fit for you and b how do I reach out to you for that so the first is are are you actively looking and or passively getting requests Uh, and if the answer is that you do you know what are you looking for
1: Sure, I'll 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 take the first uh, stab at that question. Uh, we have a practice acquisition committee that's chaired by Dr. Gibbs Snow, and this group, uh, we, just again we you know formalized and really started operating in January of 2019, and we have specific uh, criteria and protocols that we do when we're looking at practice. Initially, the concept was we're not looking at de novos at this point. We were looking at a place for Shulman members who are looking to sell or a place for them to sell to within the family, so, so to speak. And then when we did our announcement, um, we got a lot of calls through or a lot of uh, requests through the website saying, I'm interested. And then thirdly, we know that to be able to compete effectively with the other DSOs out there that we need to actively take a look. So we, we take a look at the AAO's practice opportunity site. We're working with some of the practice consultants um, who have practices listed. So we have a variety of sources of, of where we're looking. In terms of the, the process, um, the practice, you know, we will the initial thing we do is we have a discussion. We sign on disclosures and then uh, a team of our committee members will actually go out and do a, a site inspection. They'll take a look at the practice to see if it's, you know, it's it's main it's contemporary. They take they take a look at the financials to see if it's continued to grow, and they take a look at the area and the marketplace around to see if this is something that we're going to purchase that it'll continue to grow and develop. It and it's in a good position as opposed to a practice that has kind of been let go down a little bit over the last couple of years. So we do have that in mind. We also have, as you know, we have geographic uh, considerations where there can't be another Schulman practice within a 50-mile radius. So that also comes into play. Once the site visit's done, we have uh, an outside company, uh, Clifton Larson Allen, who's a huge uh, accounting uh, player in the DSO field, that actually does evaluation and takes a look at all the required documents and records and then once we get to the point that okay this is what the the, the valuation says this is what we'll do here's the, the the criteria here's how long we want you to stay doctor um all that comes into play at that point
0: nice um so if again it sounds to me like you're sort of tapped on the shoulder if it's a practice that someone's interested in but right now, when you said no de novo, I, I didn't know if you meant not a pra- starting off from scratch or practices from outside of the Shulman family right now.
1: Those are, would be practices starting from scratch. In other words, we're not right. in this phase where we're actually looking at building practices from scratch, which a lot of the the larger BSOs, that's where a lot of the growth is coming in, is that they're building practices in, in areas that... Uh, that are ripe for, for dental practices. Heartland's a really good one out there. They have a lot of de novos that they're doing.
0: Is it but, something you would ever consider down the road, perhaps? Uh,
1: I I would say it would be something that when we go through our strategic planning process, uh, which we did our first one last December and we'll be doing another one uh, next month, that that would be something that absolutely we would discuss as as to timing and what that would look like. I couldn't say. But from my experience and my background, I like to throw out all the various possibilities. So as we create our strategies and our goals, we're not discounting something that could be something that we would do down the road. But right now, de novos are not part of the, the plan.
0: Got it. And in an ideal world, if you were to look, say, 20 years down the road, the hope I suspect would be that all of the existing Schulman practices are part of the DSO as they've, as they've retired or sold out, they've sold to the DSO. So ultimately, um, you know, the, the Schulman, if you look for 20, 30, 40 years from now, maybe shorter, is really one group of the doctors who came together originally, but now is part of the whole DSO complex.
1: I think that would be a wonderful goal to, to have, and something that would, would uh, be consistent with, a lot of the reasons that they came together came together about thirty five years ago and came together as as a more formal corporate entity uh,
0: last year nice so yeah, and
2: I think what happened there glenn was it's it's just looked at i think by everybody as a real family oriented group, so people get to know the kids and the uh, significant others, and so there's a real tie to everybody, and I think after you work for a lot of years in building a particular practice. Although you certainly want to be paid well for it, you also want to feel good that as you leave the practice that it continues on taking care of the community, doing the right things for the right reasons throughout that whole community, and overall, you know, feeling good about what has happened and what will happen. And I think that meant a lot to the individual members as they looked at this opportunity because many of them... uh, are in the good fortune that they have children that are actually going into the field, so that's really nice. But some uh, do not, and so I think I know I was surprised when we formed the acquisition committee how many people were interested just in themselves. Maybe uh, they would say, Hey, Bob, you know, I'm thinking about maybe in another four or five years, I might be slowing up. You know, what opportunities do you think we'll have? And so it began to get more discussion, if you will, Glenn, as we developed more of the possible scenarios as we you know look to the future
0: nice yeah makes great sense um, talking about members you talked about a geographic uh, exclusivity if you will uh, you talked about the 50 mile uh, radius so to speak so if I'm a doctor out there listening right now and I'm like hey I want to be a part of this whole big movement um, a how do I find out more and B You know, is fifty miles the same? So, if I practice in New York City, I got fifty miles around me. So, if I'm in Manhattan and there's a guy or gal in Brooklyn, you know, four miles away, you know, I can't join. Uh, If I got somebody on Long Island who's twenty-five miles away, I can't join. Is it a rigid fifty miles? How does how does the whole process work? If you don't mind opening it a little bit, and how do I find out more if I was interested?
1: Well, there's there's a couple ways right now. If you go to our our website, shulmangroup.com, on the landing page, which is the public page, it says join. And you, it's, a, it's an online thing. You, you say, I'm interested in membership. You hit the button and it comes to our team. And then we have a uh, new membership committee chaired by Dr. Uh, Kristen Romani um, out of Massachusetts. And she and her committee will do an interview with the, with the, uh, with the interested practice with the doctor, take a look at the. We have other criteria that's that's in place, uh, financial and and otherwise, and then they'll they'll go through a whole vetting process. So uh, and and Dr. Bray, I might defer to you on this. Uh, it's been with it longer, but the the radiance is what's been historic. How that plays out, and if it's you know we're talking about Montana versus New York, you know versus California. How that plays out now and into the future, I think, is is not cut to stone per se. Um, there's some discretionary ability from from the committee, uh, Dr. Bray.
2: Yes, that's true. What happens, Glenn, is that you're asking about New York City is a, is a really ideal one. We have obviously members there, and so yes, the radius then shrinks up based on the the number of people. <clears throat> excuse me, in a certain area. So there are a number of different ways that we look at it, and there's nothing that is set in stone. We also try to reach out, if you can picture um, if someone was moving into a particular area and one of our members was close, but not that close, we still ask uh, how the member feels about it, what the situation is, and it's a real open discussion. It's not something, well, it's... it's. uh, you know 10 miles or 50 miles or whatever it's going to be this it's it's more of a discussion point and then we go from there uh trying to make sure that the current member is satisfied that we're doing our due diligence and looking at everything very carefully
0: nice are you and again to those out there i didn't ask these two gentlemen every question i was going to ask them and so i you both have the right to say no to any question i ask obviously uh with no ill effects but i are you at liberty to talk at all about the cost associated with joining the group? Is it something you're comfortable talking about, or would you like to pass on to the next question?
2: Well, gosh, I mean, I, I don't know how Chris feels about it. For me, uh, Glenn, right now uh, our structure is such that when an individual joins the group, uh, there is a fee paid of $10,000. And with that, uh, there's no hard and fast that we're going to keep that number set up, you know, forever, right. or that um, we're going to change it drastically either. We, we just put it there just to get started so we could begin to form some structure. Yeah. And so from there, um, we're also adding back benefits, for example, a small thing, but we recently just set up with Gage to make sure all of our members. Are on gauge so that we can really have our data together in a more organized way. And so we actually pay for the members' office, their main office, to be on gauge. So we're also developing a group of products and/or services, if you will, that are going to come back to the members, hopefully to give them uh, a good percentage of that initial money back so that they don't feel like you know, it's for not, you know, that they really can see some benefit coming same way with our annual meeting and different things like that. So yeah, that's where we are at this point in time.
0: Cool. But at the end of
1: it, additionally, we have something, uh, a program called Curement, which every, which is also provided as a benefit of of belonging to the group, which is a one-stop shopping procurement uh, program where everything that you're purchasing, whether it's through our preferred supplier agreements or, through things you're doing individually, it's all done through procurement, which allows us to capture purchasing data, uh, which helps us negotiate agreements in the future. Also, we've done many enhancements. We have an e-learning program now, and uh, we have other programs that that we're we're doing that provide value added to that initial management fee. But I agree with Dr. Bray that was a, a that was put in there. We need to start someplace if we're going to formalize and, and bring in staff and this type of thing. Um, but that again, is the the goal is to give as much value back for that as or more than they're they're putting in.
0: Yeah. Oh, it makes sense. So to be crystal clear, for those out there who are listening, go oh, hey, this sounds like a great idea for me. By joining the the by paying your fee and joining, you are not necessarily gaining equity in the DSO side, correct?
1: There's a, correct. There's a 24 month uh, waiting period. Right. On, so you have your founding members, and then we've had several that have joined since, and then they will have an opportunity to buy in at fair market value, which is established at the end of each calendar year uh, to buy in after a 24 month period.
0: Beautiful, yeah. I just And I wanted people out there to, to really understand the model so they, if they're interested, they can reach out to you. So if someone is interested in being looked at for potential membership, where should they go again?
1: The best place, I mean, they could obviously call myself or Dr. Bray, but the, the best way would be to go to shulmangroup.com, and on the landing page, there will be a tab that says join us, and it's a, it's an online form that they, it's a very simple form that they fill out, hit send, and an email notification comes to me or to one CBA who's also on our team. We take that information and, and provide it to our new member committee, and it gets started very quickly.
0: Fantastic.: Well, I, I, I think we covered most of what it is we sought out to cover, which is what it, tell me what the name Schulman is synonymous with, what does it mean? Who are the, what is the membership about? What is the difference between a DSO per se and an inside DSO, and what are the future goals, and how does one become a member? So um, is there anything either one of you wanted to add to this picture to help anybody else out there?
1: And gosh,
2: for me, uh, Glenn, I think uh, the biggest thing would be just um, that if people are interested, just as Chris said, to go to the website. Uh, also, too, just to emphasize that uh, the group of people are really um, quite nice and very enjoyable and very family-oriented. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, very much givers. Um, I'm real proud. Um, almost... Uh, 80, 90 percent of the members are members of the Keystone Society, which is the uh, part of the AO Foundation that actually earmarks money uh, after someone might pass away. Also, two um, there's a large number, uh, Glenn, that are uh, ABO members. Close to 80 uh, percent are actually in the ABO and so uh, and have great aspirations of just doing things really well. Uh, so for me, it's, it's just emphasizing What a wonderful group of individuals they are and also what they're standing for and just trying to do things uh, the right way for the right reason, Uh, which I think we all try to do. But I mean, I think it's nice that we have a group of people together doing it and and needless to say, trying to remind one another that that's what we're all about. And so I feel it's uh, uh, really a nice group to to be around. And I'd like to make sure that's emphasized because
1: they really are. Beautiful. Yeah, and I, I think I think also that the the Shulman name for years is is synonymous with uh, with really wonderful people, dedicated orthodontists, and what we're creating or have created is is a an entity that maintains that integrity of what folks want to orthodontics or want to your residency work. And the patient focused and staying on top of technology and staying on
0: top of the treatment plans. But at the same time, coming together to be able to successfully compete while maintaining the integrity of what everybody got to practice for, I think is very important. Nice. Beautiful. Well, I really, I know uh, it took us a little while to get this going, gentlemen, and I appreciate your patience as we set up this podcast interview. Um, but I hold you in the highest esteem and I thank you for your time here today. Um, and again, for anybody else interested out there and learning more about uh, Shulman, you, you now know how to do it. And for those of you out there who are curious about what was that announcement about with the DSO, um, now you have your information. And I, I sincerely hope our paths cross many more times in all of our careers, because uh, I respect the heck out of both of you. So thank you for being here.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity.
0: Oh, my absolute pleasure. And thank you. Dr. My pleasure,
1: Glenn. Glenn. Thank you.
0: Thank you.